This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update. Today, I'm joined by AMA's immediate past president, Dr. Susan Bailey, an allergist and immunologist in Fort Worth, Texas, about a recent Senate hearing where she discussed obstacles to ending the pandemic. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Bailey, welcome back. Uh, Excited to talk to you about uh, what was one of your, I guess, first live presentations. And this one, a very high profile one with uh, the Senate. Um, I wanna talk to you about your testimony to the Senate Health, Education, Labor and Pension Committee last Tuesday. Can you just start by giving us some background on the purpose of the hearing? The purpose of this Senate Health Committee hearing, uh, it was really, I think, the first hearing that they've had um, live um, talking about vaccine hesitancy and where we are at this part in the pandemic. Um, There were four witnesses. Uh, Aside from me, we had uh, Dr. Michelle Nichols, who is the Associate Dean of Clinical Affairs at the Morehouse School of Medicine. Uh, We had uh, Dr. Jeanette Betancourt, who's the Senior Vice President for a U.S. Social Impact of the Sesame Workshop, uh, talking mostly about um, vaccine education and children and families. And we had Mr. Curtis Chang, who is a professor at Duke Divinity School, talking about increasing uh, vaccine confidence uh, among evangelical groups. So it was a very bipartisan hearing, uh, really a, a fact-gathering hearing, just focusing on the importance for more and more people to become vaccinated and discussing the obstacles that still stand in the way. That is a very interesting uh, set of speakers and really important because, you know, I think a lot of Americans think that the pandemic is already behind us. Uh, Why is it so important uh, right now to continue to confront the barriers uh, that we're seeing? Well, as of the date of this hearing, um, June the 22nd, of 2021, there were 55% of American adults um, over the age of 18 that had been fully vaccinated. Uh, 65% have had at least one injection, Uh, but there are now concerns that we will not meet President Biden's goal of 70% of Americans getting at least one um, injection by the 4th of July because immunization rates have slowed down dramatically as we knew they would once that the initial demand was met, we knew that the supply would far exceed the demand and that it would be harder and harder to reach more um, hesitant folks. Um, there's also some concern, especially now with um, the vaccine being approved for use down to the age of 12. There are still many people that are concerned about the risk and benefits uh, of vaccination uh, versus not vaccinating. Uh, And also with the emergence of new variants, the new Delta variant, which has just all of a sudden gone from 10% to 19% of US infections and appears to be on its way uh, to completely take over. Uh, the other variants in the United States. And that's a big threat to unvaccinated people and clearly, uh, you know, a real issue and why we have to keep kind of the pedal to the metal on the vaccinations. Um, You know, in terms of all the barriers that you discussed, one of them is clearly uh, the role of social media in spreading misinformation uh, throughout the pandemic. Can you talk about, you know, what we've seen and 
you know, the detrimental impact that it's had on our efforts to put the pandemic behind us. Well, there is no question that social media has been a major driver of, of spreading misinformation and disinformation uh, because it's, um, it's so easy to take statements on Twitter or Facebook or whatever platform you're using at face value and not really realize who it's coming from and whether or not it's even true. And one of the things I brought up during the hearing um, was how concerned the AMA um, has been and continues to be uh, about this and the importance of holding uh, social media companies uh, accountable uh, for um, helping to spread disinformation. Uh, we think that's going to be very important going forward. You know, it's not censorship. It's not uh, controlling speech. Uh, it's about um, being accomplices to deliberate harm um, when uh, vaccine lies are being uh, perpetuated. And a lot of this uh, misinformation and disinformation, as you say, it's, it's orchestrated. This is, you know, reasonably sophisticated work that's going on out there. Can you give us some examples of the type of misinformation that's gained traction on social media that we're confronting right now? I think the we're, we're seeing all sorts of um, disinformation that we've been hearing all along. Um, concerns about uh, the vaccines causing infertility, which they do not. Uh, concerns about um, the vaccines making you magnetic, which they do not. The concerns about 5G chips being implanted, which they are not. Um, but as well as just, you know, just planting little seeds of doubt and uncertainty um, and um, reinforcing concerns about how quickly the vaccines were produced and um, playing on people's lack of understanding about the difference between the emergency use authorization process and full biologic licensure, you know, uh, approval. So um, there are so many things that are being perpetuated and uh, it's really important for physicians, for medical groups, for trusted advisors uh, to make ourselves heard on social media uh, to make sure that those voices spreading misinformation are not the only ones out there. Well, speaking of uh, misinformation, you know, a big focus of your presidency and of the AMA over the past year and a half has been uh, really combating misinformation. Can you talk about the AMA's efforts uh, to do this? All along, AMA has worked incredibly hard to make sure the physicians knew everything they needed to know about COVID and especially about the vaccine development process. We had a series of webinars during the year every step along the way to make sure physicians had the chance to get their questions answered. Um, because we know that physicians have always been vaccines greatest ambassadors. And if we were completely confident about COVID-19 vaccination, we would be able to transfer that confidence to our patients. Uh, so we have also been active on social media, also been active educating patients uh, and physicians about vaccine hesitancy, how it's okay to ask questions, how we need to get vaccines in physicians' offices so that we can capitalize on that very powerful trusted relationship between patient and physician uh, to get their questions answered and hopefully get the vaccine. Yeah, that's been so important. Those webinars were such an important piece of information and, you know, literally thousands of physicians 
you know, having that chance to hear directly from folks at the CDC and FDA uh, was pretty important. Um, one of the other important topics that you brought up at the Senate hearing uh, was about the importance of pre uh, preventing disparities uh, in vaccine acceptance in different communities and preventing disparities going forward. I mean, this was a problem, you know, as we entered the pandemic, boy, did we see uh, that brought to light. Can you talk about some of the key takeaways there? We discussed this at length. Uh, Dr. Nichols from Morehouse School of Medicine uh, was a wonderful resource uh, of discussing that. But we've known from the beginning that um, there was going to be a, a higher level of vaccine hesitancy among communities of color uh, because of the historical mistrust in the medical system, you know, dating as far back as the Tuskegee experiments. And we know that it's important to meet people where they are, uh, to deliver those messages through trusted messengers in various communities. Uh, and that might be done in a different way in every single community. We need a national campaign and national focus to help make sure this gets done. But those messages often have to be delivered at the, at the local level. And the importance of um, understanding people's hesitancy, again, encouraging them to ask questions. And I think one of the most encouraging things um, about this whole campaign has been that vaccine confidence has increased in every different group that we've looked at, uh, in Blacks, in Latinx populations. Um, and that has really been very encouraging that those messages are, are being heard and acted on. Medicine doesn't stand still, and at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. Do you think, uh, too, I think one of the, the key messages coming out of the AMA has been about uh, you know, incorporating equity uh, in terms of access to vaccinations and uh, in terms of distribution. Did you learn anything uh, about that particular area? We learned that um, mass vaccination sites, of course, you know, do not work for everybody, but especially in some marginalized communities who may have less access to transportation, they may have more difficult time um, uh, taking off work. They may be uh, more concerned about lost wages, uh, not only from the time taken off to get the vaccine, but also potential lost wages and even losing a job um, if they feel bad and have the normal side effects after vaccination of feeling flu-like for a day or two. Uh, and emphasize the importance of employers um, understanding this and making allowances for their employees. Uh, also the importance of having very um, flexible hours for vaccine administration is incredibly important for folks that do shift work that can't come in between you know, 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. during the day may need to come in even overnight hours um, that access like that is incredibly important. And again, not bringing the people to the vaccines, but bringing the vaccines to the people as we go on is going to be a very important part of this. I know we have home delivery now here in Chicago, so we are definitely moving toward that. Well, you've had, uh, let's call it about a week uh, since uh, your presidency concluded, 
And uh, I'm curious in terms of the perspective, having you know, served during this incredibly uh, uh, unusual time, you know, when you think about the biggest lessons uh, that we've learned so far, you know, what would you say they are? Oh, gosh. Well, we have learned so much during this pandemic. Uh, we've also lost a lot. And uh, the pandemic has definitely shown a very bright light on the cracks in our healthcare system, and especially um, on the, the devastating impact of health disparities. Uh, so we have learned the importance of taking advantage of new forms of communication, uh, virtual avenues such as this, um, and learning how we really can spread the word and educate people even if we don't meet them face to face. And, um, and now that 96 plus percent of physicians are vaccinated, um, it has become very clear that the more you know about COVID-19 vaccines, the more you understand about them, the greater your confidence, the more likely you are to get vaccinated. It's good to see physicians leading the way. Trust your doctor and get vaccinated. Thanks so much, Dr. Bailey, for being here. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you again and great to have seen you uh, testify at that Senate hearing. Uh, we appreciate your perspective as always. That's it for today's COVID-19 update. Join us for another segment soon. In the meantime, for resources on COVID-19, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. This content was originally published as part of the AMA's COVID-19 daily video updates. Find the latest at ama-assn.org slash COVID update. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.